This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? You're right, though. The, the room does have a pickle smell that you can smell from the bodies yeah. of the round table. There's a pickle smell. It showed up after Sunday, after everyone left. It was much stronger then. Why uh, is that? I don't know. Is it just Eddie's butt pickled. grease? <laughs> Holding an Eddie. I think it's just brine. We've all got a lot of brine in our bodies. <laughs> I'm blame, I'll blame Jackie. No, Jackie smells sweet. I would say um, that it's probably Holden uh, mm. because his body sweat. At some point, he, he, something's got to happen. The poison's got to come out of him. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, we recording? Uh -huh. Welcome to the show, everyone. That's Marcus Barks. I'm Ben Kissel. We're grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Uh, my name is... Um, this be Henry. I'm Henry Zabrowski. <laughs> okay, thank It's you. just good to be back in the studio. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. in New York for approximately 36 hours. That's great. Has, um, has New York driven you mad? No. It's just you have to. I'm leaving town for four months, as yes. you know. A show that I uh, did a pilot for called A to Z on, on Thursday nights at NBC is now going to be filming in Los Angeles. Yes. So if you're in Los Angeles, please... Um, uh, try not to be too weird. If you're a, if you're a cute, you know, a nice, funny, talk to me. You know, come. You're, you're telling man, your fans how to be, and then if they live up to your standard, they then they come, can approach you. Yes, they come mm. help help me move around. I don't have a place to stay. I'm living in my car. It's right. going to be interesting time. Seems like you kind of flipped it there. <laughs> you you're, you seem to be the one in need. I need help. Yeah. Uh, but of course, if you are in the Los Angeles area, make sure to swing by and say hail Satan to Mr. Henry Zabrowski. Make him feel right at home. Please. Um, uh, Speaking today of, we're doing a I very special... I love today's subject, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. What a fucking nerd. <laughs> it is the next line of our mm -hmm. in our big hitter series. That's right. Before uh, before there was uh, what's Chris Hardwick mm -hmm. making nerds cool and badass, <laughs> there was a man. He went by the nickname Unabomber and Ted his birth name... Johnny Boy Kaczynski. <laughs> Ted Johnny Boy Kaczynski. That's who we're talking about today, and the subject could not be more fascinating. I could never, I have never heard about a person in which the term smells like old milk <laughs> is used as often as, as about Ted Kaczynski. Yeah, yeah. He's, I would say, of all of the big hitters, 
He's the smelliest. Well, he's the most isolated, that's for certain. Mm-hmm. Well, but he wasn't even that isolated. No, well, he wasn't that isolated. You mentally, could hear, he was you isolated. You could hear traffic from his front door. An ice oh, cream but truck. what does that mean? An ice cream truck serviced his house. <laughs> sure. He was on a newspaper route. If you're on a route of any sort... <laughs> yeah. You're not an isolated cat. Isolation is a frame of mind. Yeah. Well, it was for him anyway. Yes. I don't think that he felt as if he was relating to humanity on a daily basis. But I will say, we'll go, so this is just part one of this episode. We're going to really Got go it, up to the, the christening of the Unabomber. Yeah. But, so there are many points in which I agree sort of with Ted Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Hold, tr- no. Tread lightly. Yeah. Terrorist Henry Zabrowski. Hey, I'm with Henry on this one, man. Oh, You're outvoted two to, two to one. You know what? I am just fine with that. Well, you got all <laughs> these kids. Listen, kids these days, they've got their bebop and iPhones and their Angry Birds and everybody's out there just, you know, they're reading their electric newspapers uh-huh. and they're losing sight of what's important, which is shitting in a bucket and not washing yourself in a cabinet in Montana. Ah, that, that is important. It is important. Well, uh, for those of you who don't know, Ted Kaczynski was a mail bomber that operated between 1978 and 1995. Mm. He killed three people uh, and injured 23 others mm-hmm. uh, in 16 separate incidents. And inspired so. jealousy in mailmen all over the country. <laughs> yeah, he took my idea. God, 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 Kaczynski. I was going to do mine in the shape of a big middle finger and yeah. they call you. They call me the fuck you murderer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 78 to 95. 78 what a run. To 95. I mean, one of the longest runs. And uh, if it wasn't for the person who eventually turned him in, I don't think he would have ever gotten caught. If he sold had out by his damn Brady. He was sold out by his brother, mm. uh, and his brother eventually turned him in. Uh, but I think if his brother hadn't ratted him out, I think the Unabomber would be another Zodiac. Yes. We never would have known right. who this guy was. No, because um, he probably would have tripped and fell trying to empty his dookie bucket out right. on, the, on the, the, the swamp over there and then mm-hmm. fall face first into a thing and then, you know, be dead. And then they would just find so, a skeleton uh, out how, there. How'd Ted die? They, now he had a piece of dookie latched <laughs> right up his nostril. Right up his nostril. Yeah. And it, gave him, it gave him head fever. Yeah. Oh, he died of head fever. Boiled his fucking brains in his sleep. Yeah. Uh, he was a good guy, except he killed all the stages. Excuse, what was that last part? Uh, he's a good guy. Okay. He used to come over around and watch a while by pipes and nails. Good guy. Good guy. Uh, that Ted Kaczynski, he must have a real mansion up there in the woods, all the nails that he's buying. Nails and pipes. He's some kind of, he's some kind of creative plumber. I don't know. Yeah. But I got to tell you one thing. He's a good guy. <laughs> so do we want to get into the backstory of Mr. Yeah, Kaczynski? let's get into the backstory of him. He was uh, born in 1942 in Illinois, uh, which is... <laughs> this was a fairly good time to be born. Yeah, it was actually pretty great. You know, he Just went gonna to miss out on Vietnam in the seventies, you know, totally. yeah. Polish man. Oh, and nothing is better than a good, strong Polish man. Yeah, <laughs> give it up for the Kaczynskis out there that aren't bombers. I don't know if he was trying to be a bomber. I think he was just trying to deliver steel pies to people, and he didn't know how things worked. He must have got the Polish recipe for steel pie. <laughs> yeah, well, like a lot of serial killers, the man was very isolated. In fact, he had a, a young, he had a childhood illness, like a lot of these guys mm. do. Uh, and nine months uh, of age. So that's age, why every time I watch those leukemia videos with all the kids suffering. 
future serial killers. <laughs> don't saying, save them. Don't, don't save them. Because a lot no. of times I, those kids don't even make it past nine. Uh, so no. So the, but the, I was watching an interview with Ted Kaczynski's mother, and she was just like, "He was just the cutest there, baby. Yeah, just rocking and cajoling and and chortling and a chuckling. I should have got it. Literally, that's what she said. And he's a chortling and a chuckling, flirty little baby. And he used to all wrap his arms around my breast. And then he got hives. Yeah. Oh, and then he got, and then he stopped chortling hives, and chuckling. And they had no idea where the hives came oh. from. And so, and according to the mother, she was just like, and there Ted was sitting mm. in the emergency room, all covered in hives. And I, and he was <laughs> looking is for his, his mother. Mu- from? I don't know. I don't either. I from can't. Poland. Okay. And he's in there, and he's reaching for his mother, and I mm. couldn't be there to cajole and to chortle and to and to comfort and to calm him. And then he just he when he got when I got the baby I got back was a sober baby, a different child. <laughs> That's what huh? she said. It came back a totally different baby. Well, this We're, makes a lot of hmm. sense in uh, his later life because. That period of time in a baby's life is extremely important as far as forming connections with other people, forming connections with your mother. Whatever. Compl- I used to be leaving a bus stop for days. You know, and I entertained myself. Mm-hmm. That was back in the day, and it took four. I had to yeah, take. Don't even pretend. You were getting stuffed like a turducken <laughs> on a date. Henry Thomas, come over here. Time for your hourly feeding. I don't like broccoli. <laughs> I well, only like hot dogs. For the 370th straight day, no broccoli, Henry. Henry Thomas, <laughs> who loves their mommy? Who loves their mommy? I only love hot dogs. <laughs> you bring broccoli to the table one more time. This is fire to us. Honey, I think we've created a monster. <laughs> well, fifth grade, Ted Kaczynski was tested, had an IQ test. It was found that he had an IQ of 167. Okay. Of course, was able to skip a grade. Uh, as a kid, he, for some reason, feared, I mean, fearing people, I can get. Totally. But he also had an intense fear of buildings. I mean, makes sense that uh, he went on to destroy many of them. I don't. He didn't really destroy many. No. If you think of a mailbox like a mini building for like a mouse family, maybe that's what he would <laughs> that think. That is strange. Yeah. That is a strange thought. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're turning. You're becoming like a Lilliput. You're mm. becoming like a Gulliver with mm, his travels. Yeah, good. <laughs> the uh, I maybe the the fear of buildings. It it just seems like he was a skittish weird kid. And his mom said that he would go to his shutdown place. Yeah. That any time right. he dealt with anything that made him scared, he'd go a shut his shutdown place. Which was him just literally sitting and staring alone in a corner, and yeah, like, and you wonder why he had problems mm. with the girls, <laughs> right? Yeah, but you would just sit and not talk to anybody for hours. Yeah, but I mean, this makes sense, and it's very common with people with elevated intelligence, especially in Illinois, in the Midwest in general. Everyone's just talking about the Bears or the Packers or random meats. And he wants to uh, discuss intellectual things. But you discover all the time. You see, they, they, you see that all the time. A kid who's really smart oftentimes will get in a lot of trouble as a kid because they're right. getting really bored. And then, like he's probably bored with everything around him. And what, according to David Kaczynski, what he was saying, his mom treated him with a certain amount of like preciousness. Yeah. Of yeah. just being like, speak like an elevated human being. Like, like do we have use an indigo situation? Yeah, use a better accent is than the other kids. Is this an indigo uh, situation? Do we have an indigo child? It very much. Be. I mean, but Kaczynski also said himself that his mom verbally abused him. 
uh, quite a bit. Didn't have any physical abuse, but he was also, he could be a skin to go kid because he was yeah. a, a, a might bit sensitive. He's a, yeah. he's a bit of a bitch. <laughs> Every time I, I assume so. Everything that he does, you, you'll see all these episodes come out of him like pouting because oh, I'm just smarter than everybody. Yeah. Yes. And it's just like, guess what? Yeah. Well, the rest of this country is built on the calluses of construction workers. That's right. And the, the hard knees of the pioneers that came to this country. And ain't nothing and dumb about them. They did the nope. hard work worker killing millions of people that lived here before them. That's right. So when you're sitting there shaking in your room, humming at a low tune, you got some people to thank. And that's one of the great ironies of Ted Kaczynski. One of the great ironies of Ted Kaczynski is that this is a man that, you know, talked about how technology was ruining society, how the right. industrialization was was ruining society. But this is the exact type of guy that would have benefited from technology. Absolutely. Like he was, he's the guy mm-hmm. that is able to survive in this world. If the technology that we have today existed back then, he wouldn't have been in a cabin shitting in a bucket. He would or, have got on the Internet when he was 14 and maybe would have found some weird friends. Probably would have got on 4chan a lot. I, I, he yeah, might he have been, been in the cabin, though, but he would have been the president or the mayor of Foursquare for that cabin. <laughs> and except now, uh, everybody who's a hipster would fucking love to live in a cabin shitting in a bucket because they all <laughs> right. live like the old dress like Amish people. Everybody's making their own mm. pickles, and their own butter. It's like Unabomber inspired a generation of people yeah. to DIY themselves and to s- smell like a bunch of cattle in a, in a hot elevator. Maybe he tried <laughs> to make the Kaczynski pickles, but nobody enjoyed the urine that he was soaking all the uh, cucumbers in. They hate my pickles. <laughs> I will have my revenge. Yes, this whole thing was about a failed Kaczynski pickle business. Everybody knows it. Another odd thing about him, uh, not much for extracurricular activities except for trombone lessons. <laughs> and that's the other so problem. this is could- his mother. Did his mother dress him in later hose than this well? But he was also in the math club. And math club is built, like, I was in the chess club at the time in high school. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was me, two Indian kids, like a, a guy with, you know, headgear, braces, and a fat girl. And we had a great time. Yeah. And I could have finger choked that fat girl anytime I wanted back in the day. Yeah, but that's how you made, but that's how you make friends. Right. You, jo- you go to like-minded people. But you don't think that he was connecting to people in the math club? No, he would cut classes. He would go back to his house. He'd write in his journal all day. Right. He'd become obsessed with mathematics. And at the age of 15, he graduated high school. And yeah. at the wow. age of because 16... They say it skipped him ahead so far, yeah. which is also, again, it's not a good thing to do for your I don't, kids. I don't think so. that's good at all. Yeah. No, because all you're doing is elevating their sense of importance. Basically, well, you're he, doing that, but also he's emotionally, he's not, he's not a... Uh, he shouldn't have not, not... I mean, what? So theoretically, you go to college at 16? He went to college. At, he got accepted uh, into Harvard at 16, and he Nerd went alert. to Harvard at 17. So, I mean, he could be the coolest guy in the world if John Hughes wrote his life script, yeah, but John was, Hughes did not. If he was Doogie Howser, right. it would have been awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, he would have gone the up around, yeah. had his first kiss with a 21-year-old. It would have been awesome. Yeah, but instead, like, a girl unzipped his... Uh, Zipper saw his pubeless uh, <laughs> penis and balls and laughed him out of the goddamn university. And well, he's like, "I'll have my revenge." There's a lot of revenge. He, oh. John Ted Kaczynski has probably said this phrase, "I will have my revenge," <laughs> two to three times a day. And it was always just yeah. like, you know, he drops his coffee at the, at the gas station. He's like, mm. "I will have my revenge." Well, I can just get you another cup of coffee, Mister Kaczynski. I will have my revenge. How about another cup of coffee? <laughs> well, instead of a girl pulling down his pants and finding that he has no 
no pubes. Instead, he mm. ran into a, what you could consider to be a very evil man, a man named Henry Murray. Now, this is all true. This correct? is all 100% the, Which true. is very interesting, because also when you hear about this time period in his life, when he was at Harvard, they said that he was a very, like, well, I think could connect to what we're about to talk about. Mm. So he was a very, again, very maladjusted, uh, had a hard time making friends. They said right. that his... Well, he's 17. He's, what did you... What do you do in this weekend, Ted? I mean, you can't go to the kegger. Oh, absolutely. He's not doing anything. But they said his room, again, smelled like sour milk. That's the first <laughs> yeah. mention of sour milk we're going to get from Ted Kaczynski. And he, uh, yeah. he he had a hard time, and he was very misplaced. He said he had the dirtiest room yeah. of anybody that they knew. And that uh, his doctorate thesis, because he was in a type of math, which is this also called pure mathematics. Yeah. Um, and his favorite book of all time was called Romping Through Mathematics. <laughs> Romping Through. Yeah, and pure mathematics means that they don't even like add There's or subtract no anything. It's just yeah. them just being like, numbers are colors, and here <laughs> is the algebra. Right. It's theorems and logic and yeah. all the, uh, the goodwill, little fun goodwill that, hunting shit. The right. stuff that makes you hard to talk to at a party. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Well, he runs into uh, this guy, Henry Murray, not at the mathematics department, but in the psychology department. This guy, Henry mm. Murray, he was a huge figure in the intelligence agency. His specialties were personality analysis, brainwashing, and interrogation techniques. Which makes you great at a party. <laughs> yeah, that's Opposite the thing. Set of skills. Like, almost too good at a party. Right. Like, all of a sudden, people are making you drinks, and then they're yeah, like, yeah. you're getting their shoes. You're make, treating clothes. Make, make Dave piss himself again. <laughs> like, do the thing that you you to make him piss himself. I will do it, and then I will make him join the army. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy in World War II, he was part. Uh, he was a big part of the OSS all intelligence those agency. Motherfuckers, him and Preston Bush all blowing each other. While Grace <laughs> are making fucking how many arrangements? How many of our fat people were sacrificing to the Grace? <laughs> fat people are getting sacrificed now. Absolutely, they love the f like uh, they, they love the fat people. All right, and we'll have to discuss about. We'll discuss that later. Well, the OSS was the predecessor to the CIA, uh, so he was one of the guys that originally created the evil monster that became the CIA. He was most interested in seeing how much recruits could stand withstand interrogation, mm. uh, and he designed programs to break down personalities. Well, so what I have here is a right. special device that I like to call the penis sword. And yeah. what it is, is it's, um, let's say, let's call it a tiny sword. And what you do with it is, imagine the penis has a wreath for such mm -hmm. a tiny sword. Yeah. And you just kind of shoot it in out of there until he screams and tells you everything. <laughs> That's oh. genius. Brilliant. That's the thing. I mean, these people are just sadists, but they're trying to, like, rationalize what they... Well, you know, know, I think Kaczynski's a sadist and is has right. been trying to rationalize That's everything. the whole idea, is that everybody's right. From any perspective, it's you're right. It's not that difficult to get people to feel a lot of pain. Yeah. No, all you gotta but do is smash their knees with a hammer. Yeah, that's cut, it. Cut their their nostrils with a with a pair of wire cutters. Literally yeah. thousands <laughs> of ways. Put a bunch of pepper on their feet. Ooh, I kind of like that one. And then I'll lick the feet. Mm, burrito feet. Mm. Well, the penisaur probably isn't that far off because this guy was an advisor during the Department of Defense LSD experiments with Timothy Leary. Like this mm. is what because like, this was back in the day when Timothy like you could have a job like like Timothy Leary was was, was a true professor yeah. and he yeah. was he, before he was a counterculture hero he was they were seriously studying LSD which we probably 
really could use nowadays. I feel like they are, they're they're trying to make a movement back towards it in psychiatry of using psychotropic substances to kind of mine the brain for. Because I'll tell you, mushrooms made me a cooler guy, dude. Oh, when yeah. I took mushrooms, it changed my, my entire whole life. Perspective, yeah. Well, kids like out it did there, the Ted Kaczynski. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to take mushrooms to be cool, though. You just have to get out of the math club. <laughs> get out. Don't be like Henry Zabrowski or Ted Kaczynski. Here's what Timothy Leary said about this Henry Murray guy. He said that Murray was the wizard of personality assessment who, as OSS chief psychologist, has monitored military experiments on brainwashing and sodium amatol interrogation. Murray expressed great interest in our drug research project and offered his support. Now, Murray... At the time that Ted Kaczynski ran into this guy, Ted Kaczynski was 17. He was lonely. He was away from home for the first time. Reeked trying to figure of spoiled out his milk. Reeked of spoiled right. milk. And Murray's, a, he's, Murray's about 40 years old. 66. 66. Murray is oh, 66 wow. okay. and taking a lot of acid. And this is a thing. If you're the head wow. of the, if you're one of the senior chief members of the OSS, you had a head full of fucking acid right. 24-7. Right. You're getting really creative. Oh, very creative, very strange. <laughs> yeah, and Maybe he didn't even think that he smelled like spoiled milk. He just felt like he smelt like a fragrance that... Uh, uh, Mr. In- Kaczynski, I hate to say it, but you're the sweetest smelling boy I've ever <laughs> met. <laughs> oh, that's so crazy. I usually get told I smell like uh, spoiled milk and my room's all messy. Absurd. You must join the CIA. So Ted came upon this guy, Henry Murray, through a psychological experiment that Murray told all the people involved in this experiment. They told, you know, listen, all we're going to do is you're going to write an essay mm. telling, like, all of your, like, most personal beliefs, the things that you believe about most strongly in this world, and we're going to put you in a room with another student, and you guys are going to debate. You know, there you're just going to have a friendly conversation. Uh, so what Murray did instead is he had all these students write essays, you know, just I mean, I'm talking like the what was at the core of them. Right. And then he gave the essays to uh, defense lawyers and then would have the defense lawyers go into the room and just break these people down. <laughs> like, absolutely just, I mean, attack them psychologically and verbally and just destroy their entire ego. Well, they're tripping right. balls on acid. No, they weren't on acid. Oh, I thought they were on acid. No, no, they, no, no, like, no. Can you imagine least, having a defense that, lawyer yeah. pick your brain apart while you're on acid? And you're just <laughs> I think there you might be it. able to win. If you're yeah. on acid and you're it's in the right possible. mental headspace, I think you could beat a lawyer. No, Murray was the only one on acid in this experiment. I like yeah, him just sitting there just <laughs> beaming out of his head. He's like, those uh, lizards are doing very well in there. And it's like, um, they're lawyers, sir. Yes, I said that. Lizards. Yeah. Now you can stream the live TV you love for just 40 bucks a month with Sling TV. Get your favorite channels and shows for the best price. If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. Sign up in minutes, stream at home or on the go on up to three devices and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out Sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you love. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace! 
With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya Centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay? Because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into giraffe rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love fast growing trees because i just moved here to los angeles i got a yard now and i'm doing all the landscaping myself i love working in my garden i love planting stuff i love growing stuff and the cool thing about fast growing trees that i really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in i'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants, or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a Satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you've ever been to a nursery. But right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. And uh, I mean, there was, the environment was pretty messed up too. They took them into this room. They connected them to electrodes. Right. Uh, they 
faced them against all these bright lights in a one-way mirror, so they were forced to look at their uh, reflection. Uh, and not only that, but they also videotaped them and then made the subjects watch the videotapes of their own psychological breakdown. I, like, I love the, terms, the most difficult. Thing I love to do. the term of their impotent rage. <laughs> it made them watch their own faces showing signs of impotent rage, which is just like, I mean, I do that a it's lot in sketch do. comedy. Yeah. yeah, you know, and it's funny to watch in sketch comedy. But you imagine you're like you're real, just having to watch like a home video of you just going like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm rock hard. <laughs> that is, it's very difficult to watch yourself in the first place, see? and then to watch yourself in your it. most emotional breakdown uh, uh, in, in that mental headspace. That had to be pretty difficult. Yeah. Well, like, he was I already like, emotional and stable like when he got there. the brow beating of these Harvard kids. Nowadays, the Harvard kids are treated like you know future gods of America. Well, they're all they're all they all have like weird like Pan Asian names, and they're yeah. all like they got dreadlocks, <laughs> and they all want to be like lawyers for dogs. It's a different place now. <laughs> but I do like the lawyers for dogs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm never. a dog lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, he, but what I also uh, like about this experiment, right. it also comes out. My my grandfather was my grandfather right. was, was trapped in a tunnel in Italy for two weeks, and he came out and he was sweet as as it can be. Right. I mean, he had a secret family and he lied to my grandmother. But at the well, same now, well, time, that's, that's secret, normal. Yeah. That was normal. Yeah. But it's but he was like. So normal. what happened? He just like fell. He was just like fell down a a, a hole. No, or? they were on a secret mission. They were going to kill Mussolini. They sent the fattest of the troops. He was a good soldier. <laughs> kill Mussolini, and then he got stuck in a tunnel. I'm not picturing them like stuck because they couldn't like they see the end. I but wish your father we had just got butter. stuffed in there. Grandfather just stuffed in there. I wish we had butter to release him from that hole, but now he's that's consumed ar- all the butter. Yeah. No, that's dang. <laughs> so I know you're asking. We're talking about CIA. We're talking about LSD. We're talking about mind control techniques. The question on your mind right now: How does this tie into MK Ultra? Right? I mean, the question on my lips is: how, It doesn't. It's not how does it. It's it, where it, does it? <laughs> well, it is MK Ultra, right? This is the early phases of. It. Yeah, I mean, well, this was going on at the same time as MK Ultra. Okay. Uh, and there is not any evidence that directly links it to MK Ultra, but Murray was involved in MK Ultra, and between 1960 and 1966, yeah. the CIA funneled four hundred and fifty-six thousand dollars to thirteen Harvard programs and unnamed professors in the departments of psychology, philosophy, and social and relations. you mean to tell me they didn't get any of that cash? They got oh, some yeah, of, of that cash. Did. of course they did. No, yeah. that was the whole idea. Is that everybody, the, we, when we were originally researching MKUltra, most of these people didn't even know they were a part of the program. It was a bunch of people all operating for different shadow organizations that all were just funneling money through their universities yeah. so they could learn proper or, or, interrogation techniques. Uh, so Kaczynski was... Um, I mean, I guess by definition, he was a, uh, he Trained. Was a subject. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, I'd say like, you know, like peripherally, uh, he wasn't in the actual program, but you know, the same people that were working on the him difference? are the same people that are working yeah. on MK Ultra and Project Artichoke and things, things like well, that. Like being Project on, Artichoke. This is like being on Mad TV <laughs> instead of being on Saturday Night Live. You're still on TV. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, still on TV. You're still doing sketch comedy. But you but, don't get but, the premium brand name. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
So, you know, here's what's extremely ironic about this entire thing is the same techniques, these therapeutic techniques that Murray developed during this time later on in the 70s and 80s, those exact same techniques were used to try to cure serial killers and other types of psychopaths. I thought you were going to say create terrible rock and roll music. (laughs) I think that also. So why, how would they kill serial killers and psychopaths? Because you would use the the defense attorneys to break down their, their, oh, I see, not the drug use so much, but just the strategy of mental breakdown. Yeah, Yeah. because in Kaczynski's experiment, again, there was no LSD involved. It was no drugs. Yeah. Yeah, and they uh, they used these. Things. And he they was still seventeen years old at this. He was time. seventeen. It yeah. seems a little bit young to be breaking the mind. <laughs> I mean, I the mind's know. not done yet. I had my mind pretty thoroughly shattered when I was doing mushrooms for the first time. And that was about but, eighteen, and it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, 18, 19 when you were in college. That's uh, all right. Yeah, you're a different situation. Yeah, you were also traipsing around Tallahassee. Yeah, yeah. just go dancing around. I'm a free Yeah, you were looking hair. At, 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 at yourself in a mirror. Although, when you did take mushrooms that one time and you just stared at Chris Farley's picture and you're just like, tell me your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> that was similar. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was different, though. And that yeah. helped me. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. And that was also like three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, I mean, the inmates, of course, like they, they call these things or the uh, researchers call them dyads, but the inmates call them 100-day hate-ins. 100-day uh, hate-ins? Hate-ins. Yeah, I mean, because if, all they, it if, was the, just... if it did that, and also wow. they found that this just made the inmates worse, and if inmates pardon fucking psychopaths and serial killers, if those people couldn't right. stand it, how do you think it's going to affect a 17-year-old social outcast in Harvard, out uh, away from home for the first time. I think it's going to make him um, love humanity. I'd like to think it put some hair on his knuckles. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because that's Did what he, he really needed. To, yeah. He needed. He needed to be whooped. Yes, he needs a girl fashion whooping. I do want to know if this works for anybody. Anybody just like walked out of there, just like I'm a new man and I'm a better person for it. That's yeah, probably terrible yeah. experiment. Probably like you know, like uh, this would be great for uh, the, the, um, Ronald Reagan. Ronald yeah. Reagan. Ronald yeah. Reagan. It made him the actor we know he is today. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, and by the way, as soon as it was found out that Ted Kaczynski was a part of these projects, uh, Harvard immediately sealed all the records. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Immediately. They were open yeah. before that, but no one really cared all that much. Right. And they had to erase all the graffiti he wrote, like Ted was here, you yeah. know, like that he had. Ted for life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Ted, uh, he graduated from Harvard at 20. He graduated from Harvard in three years. Unbelievable. With, I mean, doing the most difficult mathematics that can possibly be done. So this is not an exaggeration to call him a genius. He was no. a complete genius. Right. No, my God, no. His uh, One of, of his people... math professors said that was on his dissertation committee, he uh, he said that his thesis would, he said, I would guess that maybe 10 or 12 men in the entire country understood or appreciated it. Right. And he this was... Murray guy probably took a lot of credit for all that. Uh, but again, at the same time, not a good attribute for meeting women or having fun at a bowling party. <laughs> it's good for meeting women with unibrows. <laughs> oh, but I mean, yeah. at the same time, but I just feel like there there is somebody for, I mean, if Gary Ridgway yeah. can find love <laughs> Twice, in this I believe world, he had, didn't he? Twice. Two, yeah. Like yeah. he could have found some love and maybe helped him, you know? Yeah. I don't know if they were allowing women into math classes then. <laughs> Honestly, I think yeah. that probably hurt. 
Probably yeah. hurt the cause. 1967, Kaczynski moved to uh, Berkeley to teach at the University of California, taught undergrad is, geometry and calculus. In 1967, then? he's about 23, 24. 23 so, years old teaching at Berkeley. Absolutely. This, but they also find it interesting, too, is that what they brought up on this documentary I was watching is that at the time, Berkeley was this hotbed of political activity. Oh, and the yeah. same thing that was going on at the Harvard at the time, all the civil rights movements mm-hmm. and stuff. And so there's a part of like when there, his brother was, was looking back on Ted's life, he was saying, like, I don't really understand where his sort of, like, social engagement came from. Because at at Berkeley, he couldn't give a shit. He wasn't protesting. He wasn't political at all. He was just concerned with math, and that's the only thing he was concerned with. And it's very strange that he would turn this whole thing into a political agenda. Yeah. Where it almost seems like like he had to validate it. Exactly, yeah. Like Marcus was saying, I think he just had to find a reason to kill a bunch of people, and that that one fits. And that that all that experiment taught him was is that you gotta have a gimmick gotta do it <laughs> and what a gimmick he had that must have been a bizarre feeling uh, if you were taught by Kaczynski and then you find out he's well, the Unabomber you, he bad sort of, professor yeah, no. I can, he must have been <laughs> such a Nazi very difficult to get an A in that class you see yeah. I really had hoped he'd become sort of like a Robin Williams like dead public yeah, society yeah, yeah, yeah. but about math you know we're gonna go learn outside today Ooh. <laughs> This is how you make an undetectable mail bomb. What you do is first you erect this shelter mm-hmm. for yourself and get yourself a poo bucket. You want it to be 18 inches from the ground so you don't get right. any shit on your ankles. <laughs> hey, Pam, I'll meet you. I'll meet you by the trees after class. Hey, I'm going to neck you. I'm gonna let's uh, suck your tits. Yeah. Let's skip next week. <laughs> So after two years uh, of doing this, after many uh, bad no, reviews like from students. Because they said that like uh, they would ask questions and yeah. he would just ignore them. He would yeah, just yeah. sit at the board and just write stuff all day and recite right. stuff from the thing. Which is, Stuttering, you know, mumbling. Yeah. I mean, on, yeah, really. Um, no humor. No. <laughs> I would like to hear him tell a joke. And well, I'm listen, sure that he laughed a couple of times. They said that but it must have been may, like that everyone said that he may be that he was like his brother said he was the most remarkably serious person he's ever met in his life. Yeah. Real yeah. pain in the ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> so 1969, age yeah. 26, he resigns from Berkeley completely. Huh. Uh, gives no real explanation. And some people, there are differing theories on what happened here. Some people say that he had, you know, a crack up. He just broke down. Yeah, that's down. what I'm he thinking. I'm thinking he went to the chancellor. He's like, so it turns out I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I got to go. He's like throwing Cheetos in his face yeah, and like yeah. taking his pants off. Yeah. But that's a good crack up. That's yeah. a that great that's, that's a pretty a real, thorough. That's crack a real good up. crack up. Uh, but well, it's just you know, nice others, to see him have a little personality for once, you know. <laughs> you know, others say that he had just been kind of biding his time and mm. saving up a little bit of money so he could finally get his cabin in the woods. All Aww. he wanted was this damn cabin in the woods. Yeah. He had all of the accoutrements of a good professor, though. I'm sure he dressed terribly. He had an awful beard. He smelled like spoiled milk, as we said, and he was a total slop. That's oh, every yeah. professor in a nutshell. I don't know, but sometimes you'll get like a hot one. Like he's sometimes. like twenty three years old. He's got glasses. Maybe he's a little. Yeah. He's a little awkward. He's kind of Doctor Whoey. Right. And everyone's just like, "Ooh, who's that? I want to suck on his pube stick." Right. You know. And then I don't teach out- a typical class because I don't think you guys are typical people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he goes out and he goes to Montana. He builds a cabin in the woods. No he electricity. Build, he built him. He built it himself. I mean, it was like ten foot by twelve foot. Right. I mean, it, also, it, it was. All right. It was small. Than the room that we're sitting in right now, and also Ooh. from his like first bombs too. I don't think it was well made. It was not well when made. Your li- right. When your life is pure mathematics, was- you're not going to turn into a Paul Bunyan overnight, <laughs> right? 
I mean, we live in a world of peanut allergies and weed allergies and autism. Yeah. He was extremely autistic, wouldn't you say? I would say he had to have been autistic. I mean, I later on, he was diagnosed as paranoid, uh, as a paranoid schizophrenic. There's right. also a difference between being autistic and just being like a real jerk. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? He was true. kind of just a jerk. Well, I don't know. Asperger's at the very least. And if you go around putting bombs in a bunch of mailboxes, I mean, I'd be paranoid too. No, it makes yeah. you a real jerk. Because you yeah. probably think that other people are doing it. Yeah. You're just like, well, I'm just one of the guys putting mailbox or putting bombs in all the mailboxes. No, he thought sure he was the only of others. He thought he was the only one. He thought yeah. he was a real Michael Jordan of mail bombs out there, but it turns right. out he was just a Charles Geralt. Geralt, <laughs> you said. played Please. for the Indiana Hoosiers. Please, a Paxton at the very least. John Paxton. Wow, some references being thrown around today. I don't oh, know yeah. if I made a real name up. I don't know if that is Charles sure. Geralt. <laughs> I refuse to look it up. <laughs> yeah, don't bother. Sounds like a terrible uh, uh, explorer. Yeah. So this was was this the, so this cabin was this the cabin? This was the cabin. Okay. Yeah. So cool. he yeah. lived there. He for lived thirty five years easily. Yeah, from sixty nine to ninety five. He lived in this same weird ass cabin. And, and like right. I said earlier, you know, like there was the media said it was extremely isolated, right. and that you know he was so far away from everyone else. You could hear. Traffic from his door. You could catch you could the s- fucking yeah. bus from there. You could catch the bus. <laughs> you could see other houses from there. Right. Again. So it wasn't that isolated. He was a weird guy, of course. He was very isolated. Yeah, but now he, he was isolated personally. Personally. Yeah. Person- as far as Montana goes, like he was lifting up other people's asses. Like this <laughs> yeah. guy, like, he was this was not for isolated yeah. for he Montana. He was in the at all. Brooklyn of men t- of Montana. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like I wonder what that guy's doing in the castle on the hill up there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he retreated from society, built his own cabin. And I was I was reading a book, you know, I was talking about Ted Kaczynski, and they made a very good point. One could almost compare him to Thoreau at Walden oh. Pond. Yeah. Except Thoreau, he, I imagine, also smelled like spoiled milk. Yes, <laughs> I guarantee that. Anybody who says that they're like a naturalist, you can pretty much just assume is that that really just means I have dank-ass pubic hair <laughs> oh, and, and yeah. armpit hair. And it all Absolutely. is that you can, you can smell me coming. Yep. <laughs> oh, they call me Ted. Smell me coming, Kaczynski. Yep. Can't sneak up on anybody. <laughs> so Kaczynski, he worked odd jobs here and there, but he mostly lived off of his parents' money. And he was like the shittiest trust fund kid, right? You uh. could possibly imagine. Oh yeah, and they, he used that money to you know fund his whole bombing campaign. He never they, held a steady job. But what right. led up that too is that he had tried to buy a tract of land in Canada, and he went to go and like literally like he went to go get a land, and his brother was trying to help him out, and so David and him went to go get the land. They filled a bunch of paperwork, and then I guess. He comes back because they were staying together in a hotel, and Ted, I guess, had gotten the information that he didn't get it, and then he just sat there staring on one of his shutdown faces, just right. going like, and he wouldn't talk to him, and he wouldn't respond to him, and he just let the letter drift to the ground, and he picked it up, and it was the refusal letter, and he was just like, oh, Ken, you can't get to land for your cabin, and he's just like, they won't let me live there, so I'll blow up there. Hands. Ooh, I like I it. my revenge. Cryptic. Cryptic. <laughs> yeah, the man hated the mail. No, system. but he tried to do that. So, so then the the cabin was kind of his like consolation prize. Yeah, too and, smelly for Canada, huh? That's his, bizarre. His what? family tried helping him out. Like I'm they sure. got him a job at the foam rubber factory where his father and brother worked. And that's I mean, where he got. He went on a couple of dates at the foam rubber. Yes, factory. he did, and it did not work out. No, uh, of course it didn't. He went on a date with a supervisor. Again, he's a weird guy, but then the foam rubber factory, that's... (laughs) 
that's made up, right? <laughs> is that really, is that true that it's he works no, in the foam rubber it's factory? It's the only factory type place that could possibly cover the spoiled milk smell. Right. At yeah. least then he just smells like foam rubber, but everybody does. Uh, also, well, so I, got, he, I, got, I got myself a new job at the foam rubber factory. Now I'm going to go find myself a wife and have some kids. <laughs> yeah. David literally said that. He's like, I remember the day that I saw Ted the happiest I'd ever seen him. He came home and he said, I went on an evening with my supervisor, Ugh. and we shared some conversation, and we shared a kiss at the end. Can Ugh. you imagine smelling his mustache first oh of all? Just like, and so, but then that didn't last too long because she said that they didn't have enough in common. They had nothing in common because <laughs> she didn't want to blow up humans. But then he started hounding her pretty yeah. bad. And he got fired because of it. He didn't enjoy rejection. No, he did not. And this is when he decides that he's going to have to live off of the land. Oh, yeah. He's a he's a pussy. Yeah. He's a pussy baby. Yeah. He flipped out as soon as one girl said no. And it's just like, I can't handle rejection. Try being an actor. <laughs> right, right. I mean, this guy was an asexual, though, anyway. I, I don't I think he was. I can't imagine that he like, was that interested in women, though, at some point. He was probably point. fucking a log out there. He had to I'm do sure something. he was. Yeah. One but, with nature. Where he tries to live alone. Uh, but, of course, as he's trying to live alone, there's a lot of development going on around him. A lot of industry right. is moving in. Perhaps the uh, actual cabin itself in the beginning was isolated. Sure. But the entire world started encroaching around him. Oh, it's he's like that uh, Dr. Seuss uh, book. Dare yeah. I say, Dr. Seuss novel. Yeah. Oh, that's what the, I the, the so, Lorax? Yeah. The Lorax. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Ted Kaczynski, Here's a Who. <laughs> <laughs> and blows it up. <laughs> of course, the last straw came. Of course, right. he, he's been, he's not happy in academia. He's not happy working at the foam right. rubber factory. Nope. So he decides he's going to be, he's going to live off of the land. He's going to be in his little cabin. He's going to do his little theorems and everything is fine. But it's said that the last straw was he went to his favorite spot, this secluded spot that he would go to to, you know, look at nature, muse on whatever oh, theorem yeah. he was Dead Fish at. Lake. Dead Fish all, Lake. All the yeah. fish were dead and floating at the top. They didn't care about my milk smell. Mm. They were only there to listen. <laughs> uh, screaming at the uh, dead fish. Fuck you! Fuck! Mm. Fuck everybody! Fuck! Okay, it was another nice day with the fish. <laughs> he gets to his favorite spot and he finds that it's been completely destroyed and replaced with a road. This is literally the Lorax. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it really is. He kind of looks like the Lorax. What too. came first, by the way, uh, Ted or, or the Lorax? I think I think Seuss stole the story. Well, this is what uh, this is what Kaczynski's because we're gonna have to read some of Kaczynski's stuff. Oh, we're gonna while, be while we're you know especially next episode when we get to the manifesto. Uh, but this is just still from his journals. As far as manifestos go, too, really top notch stuff. It was kind of hard to read. It's a little well, hard to yeah, read, but once but you find the excerpts, you get somebody to you know bring the good stuff out. Yeah. Right, right. There's still there's some you know good points, but this mm -hmm. is still when he's writing in his journals. And by the way, when they found his cabin and when they found all of his journals, he had 30,000 pages of journal entries. And about a third of that was in mm. a mathematical code that when the uh, the people who fed, when the FBI took it over to the CIA, they said that they had not seen anything to rival this code since the Enigma machine of the Germans in World oh, War II. Oh, he's a regular Judy Bloom over there with his <laughs> longevity. He could have been huge. <laughs> all right, this is what this is what he says. It was from that point on I decided that, rather than trying to acquire further wilderness skills, I would work on getting back at the system. Revenge. Revenge. I certainly don't claim to be an altruist or to be acting for the good, whatever, whatever that, that is, <laughs> of the human race. <laughs> I act merely from a desire for revenge. I will have my revenge! Of course, I would like to get revenge. Oh, I'm sorry, it's 8.13. I've 
got to go to the foam rubber factory. <laughs> I will be back to my diary in exactly eight hours' time. On the whole scientific and bureaucratic establishment, not to mention communists and others who threaten freedom, <laughs> but that being impossible, I have to content myself with just a little revenge. revenge. He, he really shoehorned communism in there, by the way. He really yeah, there was did. Some, I think that's literally what it's just got to do. He just, communism is just like, he, he just met yeah. like a bunch of cute girls at a, at a sit-in. Right. And, he, and they didn't want to talk to him because he smelled like milk. <laughs> so this is all because of road. It's all because of road. And this is when he decides violence is the only way. And right. it takes him a little while from that happens until he finally like puts some bombs out there. I mean, I think about you know, five years or so before he finally gets up the courage to start sending shit out. I also, right. and then there's the final statement too of it's like yeah. he started planting some bombs. And so he's like, I emphasize that my motivation is personal revenge. I don't pretend to any kind of psychological tools by which societies controls people's behavior. My ambition is to kill a scientist, Ooh. big businessman, a big one, <laughs> a big one. So he's always all big and he blows up like a whale. <laughs> Government official or the like. I mean, I would also like to kill a communist. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> I mean, if I'd have my druthers. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's just right here. What would you do of another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Uh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer, it's of course I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and we might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash last pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. It's sports. Prize picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor, oh, it's eaten up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Yeah! Toss that rock! Come on, guys! Yeah, pass it around. Get on the excitement with Price Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious caps. Whether it's hula hoops or earring hoops, you're going to know everything you need to know about sports. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Price Picks with little as four correct picks. Conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. Basket. Price Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. I sure wish that Bobby Bonilla was still in the game because I would pick him to go all the way. 
Can you imagine Bobby Bonilla played basketball? Woo-wee, dog. Then it would be more like baseball, but Bobby Bonilla would still be crushing it in the contract game. Woo! The deadliest game of all. Download the app today and use code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. That's code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, I love Babbel, and I love what they're doing for the people of America. But I went on there to find out if I could learn Fremen in order for me to go and harness the desert power that it would take to finally get the raids of the sand planet Arrakis. Uh, but they said they only offer real languages and uh, stuff that can really help people travel. I think that's mostly what Babbel's looking to do. They didn't really, like, I called customer service and I asked me, like, well, how can I possibly harness the power of a million Fremen? And they said, please, sir, stop calling. And I said, but I, I'm doing an ad for you currently while we're on the phone. And Babbel, you know what? God love them. They helped me learn German. And in the end, they, they were right. Because German's a lot more useful. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. It is funny because this is... Um there does seem to be a lot of arrested development here. Yeah. This is what you write when you're 13 years old. Oh, you know, this reminds me of my, like, 15-year-old yeah. poetry of just being like, and then, like, it was all just like, and I hear the rattle of the drums, and I, with my Uzi, show all the jock. Yeah. <laughs> I, too, can yeah, date exactly. Ashley. Yeah, he's got the emotional development of Dylan Klebold. Totally. Yeah. Uh, of course, he, from Columbine. That's, uh, uh, if you would, before Columbine, you were able to get away with some relatively strong-worded poetry. Yes, we call but it nowadays, fantasy. Yeah, fantasy. But now, yeah. nowadays, you just get put oh, right just, yeah, bin. they just put they give you Ritalin and then you know, you all yeah. of a sudden you're all you can do is watch Teletubbies in a in a fucking strap down. So chair. he's just upset because <laughs> they ruined his little his little home. All right, yeah, they ruined his little home, and he was just an extremely unstable individual. And he Montana decides, sucks as it is, right? Hmm? Right? Doesn't Montana suck? No, it's beautiful yeah. for nature, and if you like to hunt, if you like the outdoors, yeah, I mean, it sucks for people like us who can't survive without a Whole Foods. <laughs> yes. So he decides that reform is not possible whatsoever. And, you know, talking about right. his time at Berkeley and his time at Harvard, you know, he sees all these people saying, you know, we've got to reform the system. We've got to work from it from the inside, you know, and change everything. Oh, yeah, and he and he's just, and everyone's fucking but, and doing drugs, and he's right. just sitting there doing his little mathematical theorem. And so it could be he's very jealous of those this people. Is all, I mean, I can sort of see, as far as society goes, you had the uh, weather underground at this time. You yeah. had a bunch of internal um, But again, you know, like all the, those uh, people were fucking too. Groups. They were all fucking and having a cool Oh, they were having a great time, yeah. But there was, like, everyone was sort of broken off into their own, you know, extremist groups. But they were all doing it to get pussy and, like, to get drugs and stuff and have a good yeah. time. Uh, and the he other had thing nobody is too, else to go. Uh, 
have sex with. While he was at Harvard, he they would they were sort of pranksters, and so they, what they would do is they would set up amateur like explosives. So yeah. a lot of times, and apparently Ted was the one who was always would take the explosives to the to the area where it was uncomfortable because you know again bad at making friends, just making them he, large, too big. Yeah, and he blew yeah. out all the windows of a chemistry lab. That was like a thing. So it's like he is he is <laughs> had already kind of started dabbling in bombs. Weird yeah. science. <laughs> <laughs> Again, but that movie was all about getting Bush. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, so he figures the uh, he keeps calling it the techno industrial system. Right, I've got to take down the techno industrial system, and he thinks through sending mail bombs out, he's going to destabilize the system. People are going to become panicked, right. and the entire thing is going to fall. Which is all bullshit. This guy. I mean, I I I see the uh, the I see line the, of the train thought. of yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, the train of thoughts there. But I think all this guy he wanted his revenge. Revenge! He wanted his revenge. He wanted to kill people, but he needed a justification yes, for it. He's a justification. The, right. He's a he's a uh, a crusader serial killer, a missionary serial killer. Yeah, sure. he was like, what's his name? Peter Sutcliffe. Yeah. Who was like, I'm going to, you know, he kill all the whores. Yeah. Yeah, or just pretty much any guy who kills all the whores. Like Gary yeah, Ridgway, all like, of them. They were like, saving the world. They were yeah. purging the world of their sin. Yeah, that's how Gary Ridgway thought. You know, he's going to kill. He's uh, very much a deep believer in the Bible, so right. he's going to do the same. He's going to purge the world of these people, except right. uh, Ted Kaczynski was such a fucking nerd that he wanted to purge the world of scientists. Scientists. Scientists and people involved in technology and so big funny. businessmen. So had he won... He would have hated that show, Silicon Valley. Oh, would not have loved it. Would not have loved it. So, But he would have loved so he Big won, Bang Theory. He, yeah. Oh, I just think they're so funny. They're funny, and I love their shirts. It's just nice to see a show about people like me. One million dollars an episode, by the way, for each member, of that, each member of that cast. A million bucks an episode. Um... So uh, he wanted to stop the internet from happening. Yeah. He, he lost to, the future. Yeah. He, he lost, lost the future. Yeah. He didn't want, he wanted everything to come. He wanted us to go back to where he lived, but which is, is the only thing is that impossible. he's good at. Yeah. I, I don't understand. This is the one part that confuses me about him. The only thing that he's good at is being a mathematician, having a mathematical mind. It would have worked so well with creating internet websites and all these things. There's Why a, would he want to destroy the only possible avenue for him to become a multimillionaire? Because he didn't want to fit into any system. He was mad that Becky didn't want to date him at the foam rubber family factory. And she that's went out with it. He creeped her out. It's a problem, but still, she could have stuck it through and saw the real him, because you know the whole thing. The if, you real can't handle me at my, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. <laughs> I think that he was giving her the best. <laughs> so how did this start? 1978. Uh, worst finally- year in America. <laughs> yeah, 1978, right. you got Jimmy Carter. You got the Iran hostage ca- crisis. You got the you gas, got the gas shortage. You know, um, economy's in the shithole. Malaise, my malaise. friends. The time of malaise. Uh, he decides that he's going to send out his first bomb. Uh, and, you know, investigators are still a little baffled about... Like, what, who, who and why? Who right? he chose, why he chose them, the pattern in which he chose them. I literally think know? he just went through a yellow right. pages yeah. and was like this one. Directories. Well, he this had to also, this guy had a ridiculous name. Buckley Christ. <laughs> the first guy, materials engineering professor Buckley Christ at Northwestern University, which name. sounds like a parody movie about Jesus's second cousin. Right. Um, Are you now? We're looking for Mr. Christ, Jesus Christ. No, I'm just Buckley. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen Jesus in a while. God abandoned me a long time ago. Why did you turn that water into Kool Aid? <laughs> oh man! Gosh darn it! God darn! Oh, my followers lost their teeth. <laughs> 
Gosh darn it. So Kaczynski, I mean, he uses, the reason why he wasn't caught for such a long time is that oh, yeah. he retained his intelligence completely. He was so smart as to how well he, I mean, he did, how he didn't, I mean, the first one they did, this one, it was a double bluff. It was amazing. He took this package, he put it into the parking lot at the University of Chicago, which was a completely different location from where the bomb showed up and where it said it was from. He put a return address from a polytechnic, polytechnic institute in Troy, New York, and the other one, the, the actual uh, send-to address, was at to Buckley Christ at Northwestern University. But it was just in the middle of the parking lot? It was yes. in the middle of the parking lot at a right. university. These people, you know, they say, professor, professor, oh, okay, I better, I don't know how this got here. Oh, dude, so someone needs, we need, someone needs to take care of this. Yeah. Someone yeah. needs to take care of this. So, you know, they put it in the mail, and uh, this guy uh, gets it. The guy from the return address, he gets it, and he doesn't recognize his handwriting on it. And he's like, that's a little odd right. that someone would write, you know, a return address for me. So he calls up a security guard, a college uh, security guard, uh, and he's like, yeah, why don't you take care of it? So do you I think was, this is a way, yeah. was this a way for Kaczynski, because we know he's not the boldest man, is this a way for him to wash his hands of it? I don't oh, think it's, I don't, so he this didn't is a way for him, this it? is just a way for, he just knows how to not get caught. Yeah, that's right. the idea, so it just kind of disappears. So you get a bunch of fingerprints on it, like everyone's kind of touched it. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's gone through the mail so much, uh, and uh, the the security guard, before he opened it up, he actually, like, joked, he's like, maybe it's a bomb. Never, Never say that. Never say, say that. that. No. Yeah, because all you're doing is setting it up, and then say, like, maybe it's a thousand thousand dollars then maybe it will be it's never good to say maybe it's a bomb the secret well, mm. <laughs> well it, you'll see you know his further attempts uh, to not get caught you'll see the way that his the bombs are constructed there he al- ha- almost handmade everything every piece. every piece in the bomb the switches were made out of hickory uh, right. he used matches that were untraceable he used nails that were untraceable he used batteries in which he scraped off all of the labeling right. uh, and that's why the uh, first bombs that he built kind of shitty. I yeah. like that, though. No, they were like Etsy. Yeah. yeah. You know, they <laughs> had this like is 100% a- homemade bomb yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong with yeah. it. I mean, it didn't It didn't work because, you know, when regular pipe bombs, you want the metal threading on it uh, mm-hmm. because it kind of well, so creates the- pressure, it creates a bubble that explodes, plus you get a lot more shrapnel. But he his trademark throughout <clears throat> the years, wooden boxes. He would always use wood because part of his trip was also an environmental trip. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's he knew exactly how to make a wooden box. If we can look at the cabin that he has in the woods, he would have done great it's just at a shop. large, yeah, mm-hmm. shop I think class. he would have been okay at shop. I mean, he would not have oh. dealt with the jocks. No, <laughs> no, he would have been very good at the projects. Yeah, that's so, right. So the person who opened up was so the so the security officer Terry Marker mm-hmm. opened it up and then just blew a bunch of his fingers off, which became sort of the the scarring became really the the, the what Unabomber became known for. Yeah, which he like mutilated a lot of people. Like yeah. he, he only killed three, but mm-hmm. he mute like I mean seriously well, that injured seems to be a lot the, of people. Uh, that seems to be common. Like that Luke Helder guy from UW Stout when I was in uh, college there, he tried to make the smiley face across America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all he did. He just blew off people's arms and, and uh, you know, it's hands bad. and things. Terrible. <laughs> no, because Very the, terrible. Because the yeah. idea is that the, it's, but it gets, it like, shows that his, his real motivation was never to, he wanted to kill, but he didn't really want to kill. He wanted the, the ego trip of fear. Right. He yeah, wanted yeah. the ego trip of creating uh, a, a, a atmosphere of fear, like Son of Sam. 
Yeah, and especially mm-hmm. that's you know focusing on universities. He wanted to create that create that atmosphere of fear uh, within the system that he hated. Right, that he right. hated so much. Uh, here's the funny thing: his name, yeah. his nickname, was not originally the Unabomber. The U.S. Postal Service they were the first people to have a, a handle on this case. They all named him the Junkyard Bomber. Oh, Junkyard Bomber. Junkyard that- Bomber sounds like a wrestler's name. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with a big wrench and a dog tied to a chain, and he just goes like, "It's time." To give him the dump truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just an elbow from the top rope. The old dump truck. Unitard. That's Definitely what I, That's unitard. what I'm going to call yeah. him. The yeah. unitard. A little slow poke. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, and his buddies called him Winnie the Shits. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Another bad nickname. I like Winnie the Shits. So the first guy got some fingers blown off. Mm-hmm. And but then how long did he wait to, before he sent out the next mystery Less package? than a year. Less than a year. And it was uh, also that's, that's it was also at Northwestern time. University. And this one, uh, it wasn't really, it wasn't a mail bomb. This was just one that he kind of set out there. This guy, John Harris, he, uh, there was this cigar-shaped box that had the Phillies, like the Phillies Blunt cigar oh. logo on it. It had just been lying around a room in Northwestern University uh, in one of the classrooms. Uh, and he just said, like, you know what? I can do this box like that. That's a cool little box. Let's go check out and see what that box is all about. Uh, <laughs> Never check out boxes. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, he opened up the box, and uh, the force of this blast was a hell of a lot bigger than the last one. So he like, was getting better. He was, he was getting better. And I don't know if he ch- how he checked his work because, I mean, he was in Montana. You know, it's not yeah. like he had the internet to check out and see what happened at Northwestern, what happened here, what happened there. Uh, I don't know how he knew that he was getting better. Better at it. That's the oh, weird. I'm that's the weird there, thing about they, it. I'm certain there would be a mystery bomber. I bet he got the newspaper again. Yeah. He just caught the fucking bus and went to town. <laughs> it was right. right there. Because you can go to Missoula, and there's plenty of places in Missoula to get some newspapers. And I guarantee you, at, at 8 a.m. every single day, there was a big dump on that road. <laughs> no one knows who did it. He always did it though. There's some kind of mystery pooper out here mm, on this road. Uh, yeah. I hope he doesn't turn into a bomber of some uh, sort. Well, you not bomber, maybe. <laughs> So in 1979, that's when Ted Kaczynski finally hits national headlines. What happened with the guy who opened up the cigar box? I mean, he was maimed again. Yeah, not minor, yeah, just cuts like, in, yeah. minor cuts and, and, okay. and burns. Yeah, it was the it was the the same thing as the guy okay. before. Uh, so in 1979, he decides that he is going to bomb an American Airlines flight, which. Things get pretty serious, right? right. <laughs> Once you want to bomb an airplane, yeah. Yes, but he wasn't. He wasn't targeting American Airlines specifically. He wasn't targeting any flight specifically. He just and it's it's fairly ingenious how he did this. He just put out the parcel to airmail. And, of course, in airmail, you know, a lot of these things are carried along commercial flights. Yeah. Uh, and he rigged up a barometer in this package that once the barometer hit 35,500 feet... It would blow, it which would is normal trigger. cruising altitude yeah, for a plane. Which is yeah. normal, yeah, which it, right. the, the bomb triggered... Uh, and, he and then st- Bane and all of his henchmen would come. <laughs> <and> <laughs> 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 no, 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 Matt Hardy. Now, can you sound like you got more toilet paper in your mouth. No more toilet paper? I'm reworking on my Bane verse. That's very good. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah, if a butthole could talk, that's what it was to sound like. There we go. Perfect. Uh, he still wasn't very good at making his bombs. It was just a big big massive gunpowder. He didn't build it that well, but it did fill the entire cabin up with smoke. A lot of people
people got sick. There was an emergency landing. Uh, but one authority said that if he would have built it correctly, it would have obliterated the plane. Oh, yeah. Like, it would have right. just, I mean, blown into a million pieces. It's so hard out he, there. We're all a work in progress. Right. So <laughs> he, got, he got lucky with his second bomb. For, yeah. To, uh, well, the people got lucky. Like, I mean, yeah, he... It, yeah, the people got lucky, yeah, Ben. Not him. No, I know. I, no, I'm saying, because um, the second bomb was better than the first, but it seems like he kind of went back to the old ways for mm-hmm. the third, and uh, and it wasn't such a successful bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was he was self-sabotaging. Uh, I don't think yeah. he really wanted to succeed. Because right. you can never... You can't... It's never can't. He it's didn't do won't. It. Yeah. <laughs> Daily affirmation and believe in yourself. Of yeah. course. Yeah. If you want revenge, believe in yourself. Revenge. So, of course, bombing an airliner is pretty serious. They bring in the FBI on this. They bring in the ATF. And so now you've got the FBI, you've got the ATF, you've got the Postal Inspection Service. Yeah, you get all the fuck up societies coming in there, all ready to just like, (laughs) we're going to burn it down. You're like, no, no, wait, let's Oh, yeah, if I want a fucking crime solved, who am I going to turn to? Oh, the ATF and the post office. (laughs) Great. Cool. I'm scared of the post office. (laughs) They're not messing around. So the task force eventually grew to 150 full time investigators, analysts, and others. Over the next 17 years, 50,000 suspects would be added to the database, and as the task force was put together, this is when he gets his infamous name, the University and Airline Bomber or... Unibomb. Unibomb. I did not realize that's what that was from. Yeah. 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 University and he was saying, so he was technically bomber. known as Unibomb. He was known yeah. as Unibomb. Wow. And then we, like, they made the Unibomber because it was just, you know, it's, you know, the Post probably made that. I mean, I, yeah. again, <laughs> like they always do in the media, they give these guys such cool names. Yeah. Cooler names. And yeah. I mean, did they have the sketch at this point? No. That made him look like he was no, the, no, the, the sketch, dude. The sketch okay. came in like 85. But that's okay. like, literally, this was the, uh, I remember this time period because it was like up until when he was caught in 95. This was the first like serial killer that I personally was obsessed with. I had, cu- my mom mm-hmm. found my, I had a folder that had all the cutouts of the Unabomber, all the pictures, all the articles about him. Because I remember I had that picture of yeah. his mugshot, of the, of the drawing of him taped to a folder. Mm-hmm. And, um, by the that way, must have been frightening. I'm just gonna. Say, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, all the parents. I don't know how to any find of in parents the bottom did. of my closet. You know, right. like I don't know if I found that in my kid's closet, I just chip of the old block. You know, the apple doesn't too, <laughs> fall too far from the tree. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, let's keep. I'll talk to your kid. Uh, let's do that. Um, but uh, I do feel like the guy who created the the drawing, the uh, the mugshot, he just had no. He was lazy. Just gave him like huge glasses, a yeah. hoodie. I mean, you couldn't I mean, be more covered up than no, this guy. I mean, that's what the uh, the witness who saw him. Uh, that's how she described him to him. Right. Like he was wearing a hood. He was wearing. Uh, you know what? Like, uh, the only time what? he was ever seen. Maybe he was car- having some uh, like a carton of milk, like in his pocket, or <laughs> or maybe in his satchel bag. But there was yeah. just a smell of spoiled milk. Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, are a lot you of sure people you didn't just trip- see Levon Helm? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's a little fucking over the line right there. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I would imagine that after, you know, playing music, you get a little bit odorous. Yes, that is Marcus true. smells fine. He plays music every week. Yeah. Well, I play a few times a week. I, I, I'm a drummer, just like Levon Helm. I ain't trying to bottle the fragrance, though. I mean, it's not that. It's not spoiled milk, but it's not exactly well, daisies in the, in the it's field. Somewhere between, you know? It's somewhere between spoiled milk and brute. Right. Yeah. That's how I'd describe your smell. Oh, thank you. It's quite That's sweet. Ba- <laughs> okay, all right. Well, let the co- let's compliment. All right, right, yeah. It, right. It's, a, it's a compliment. Um, 
Awesome. So we're we so three bombs in. Yeah, he's the Unabomber. I guess we'll we'll pick it up there. Yeah, he's got the name. Uh, he's got the game. All he needs now is. I, a woman to love him? I, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yes. A different personality entirely. Yes. Something else. Right. He needs something else. He just needs a university job. If only just, man, I bet if, if they if would we, have fired me from that foam rubber plant, I would never be doing this. If we could have just gotten a fleshlight and mm. just sent it to him and just be like, hey, anytime you're lazy, every time you're feeling like you, 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 know, you got an mm. afternoon to kill. Plug this in the wall. This is funny because I usually send bombs that explode, but I'm about to explode into this <laughs> bomb right here. <laughs> well, and it's nothing is quite like the fresh scent of washing your fleshlight yeah. out by a beautiful stream. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know the scent of washing my fleshlight oh, in a right. bathtub. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. It's rubbery and musky. Oh, it's very single life. It's a, well, not musky, musty. I, I got the yeah, no. It's very musty. Put some dryer sheets in there. You're a <laughs> relatively attractive young man. You don't have to have sex with a fleshlight. You no. let him have his ball plunger. I don't have to. I, I mean, it, it's definitely, I mean, I don't have to do a lot of things. <laughs> the Ball Plunger 2000. Um, uh, wonderful. Well, uh, let's do a Hail Satan. Hail Satan. I will miss New York City. I will yes. miss you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, Henry Safe Travels. Thank you. Um, let's see. Anything else going on? I guess September 7th, we have some live show here at the Creek. September 7th. It's we're going to have we'll, all the people from Cave Comedy Radio. Well, we're moving that because September 7th is the first day of football. Oh, okay, so, so scratch that. I apologize. Yeah. Eddie well, no, does not tell me these we're things. We're moving it to, this is only decided yesterday, we're moving it to August 31st. And ha- In fact, we're having a bit of a weekend because we'll have the last podcast on the left live show on Great. Saturday night. And then we're going to have Cave Comedy, the Cave Comedy Radio Sausage party on Sunday. Ugh. So it's going to be a Can hell we of a CCR it? weekend. <laughs> Can we rename Sausage Party? Good. The Cave Comedy Radio Sausage, sausage party. party. If you don't have your favorite Cave Comedy Radio you know, personality. <laughs> I don't like the name. I'm just going to Sausage Party. Good Lord. Sausage uh, Festival? No, sausage festival sa- sounds like a stinkier sausage party. Yeah, it sounds worse. What about... Uh, Come out to the sausage carnival. Hang out with the crew and brew. I don't know. It's just something better than sausage party. Either way. Um, so yeah, August 31st. It's an all-day affair. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be super fucking sweet. Yeah, last podcast on the left live show on the 30th and Cave Comedy Radio Live on the 31st featuring the trial of the mystery pooper. Huh? Yes, and Go Heidi V. Round Kelly. Of- I'm going to give a Heidi V. Kelly and say I miss her again. V. Kelly. Yes. V. Kelly. Uh-huh. V. Kelly. Yeah. And how, how was the uh, shooting in Atlanta for uh, season two of Pretty Face? We've made the three best episodes we've made in the entire series. Wonderful. Awesome. You will great love day. it. Did you break out in hives this year? No. Nope. Uh, Look at me. My skin's pretty good. You look great. Yeah, you got yeah. used to it. You built up a tolerance. I am. I, ru- I washed myself in 99% alcohol. Oh, oh God. I'm jealous, actually. <laughs> wow, that's perfect. Um, all right, everybody. Hail, your, uh, hail yourselves. Hail me! Alkeen. And I go to In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.